0: We are choosing to grow the things that love it here in our climate and get by just fine, even make it great through drought. You know, other than maybe in the first year when we really have to get them established, they really just take off after that. Many that are native, so we have a lot of like three leaf sumac and choke cherry and hawthorn and um, things like that that just grow naturally on our property. What we cultivate here are things like nine bark, viburnum, smoke bush. And just when you talk about those three things, the variety of what you can yeah. work, oh, it's amazing.
1: Hello again, and welcome back to the Slow Flowers Podcast with Deborah Prinzing. This is episode 610. This is the weekly podcast about slow flowers and the people who grow and design with them. It's all about making a conscious choice, and I invite you to join the conversation and the creative community as we discuss the vital topics of saving our domestic flower farms and supporting a floral industry that relies on a safe, seasonal, and local supply of flowers and foliage. This show is brought to you by SlowFlowers.com, the free online directory to more than 850 florists, shops, and studios who design with local, seasonal, and sustainable flowers, and to the farms that grow those blooms. It's the conscious choice for buying and sending flowers. And thank you to our lead sponsor, Farm Girl Flowers. Farm Girl Flowers delivers iconic burlap wrap bouquets and lush, abundant arrangements to customers across the U.S. Supporting U.S. flower farms by purchasing more than $10 million of U.S. grown, fresh and seasonal flowers and foliage annually. Discover more at farmgrowflowers.com. And thank you to Details Flowers Software, a platform specifically designed to help florists and designers do more and earn more. With an elegant and easy-to-use system, Details improves profitability, productivity, and organization for floral businesses of all shapes and sizes. Grow your bottom line through professional proposals and confident pricing with details all-in-one platform. All friends of the Slow Flowers podcast will receive a seven-day free trial of Details Flowers software. You can learn more at detailsflowers.com. Today we take a trip to rural northern Colorado where sisters-in-law Gretchen Langston and Gaylene Moult operate Blooms, Colorado on 40 acres north of Fort Collins. It's fascinating to learn how they have grown this floral enterprise established in 2017 to serve Fort Collins, which is their closest metro market. And they serve florists both south and north of them. In Denver, two hours to the south, and florists in southern Wyoming cities of Cheyenne and Laramie to the north. Blooms sells its flowers wholesale direct-to-designer through two regional flower collectives, including the Northern Colorado Flower Community, which they call NOCO, and the Colorado Flower Collective in the Denver area. They also supply a grocery account in Fort Collins. Raised on a small farm in rural Missouri by her teacher parents, like many country kids, Gretchen swore never to do the same thing. She had her big-city urban experience, And she still has her big-time career as Global Vice President of Risk Management, Environment, and Health and Safety for a company that operates most of the large national park concessions in the U.S., serving parks like Yellowstone, Grand Canyon, Glacier, and Zion. How does she do it all? Well, one of her not-so-secret weapons is her sister-in-law, Gayleen, who Gretchen convinced to move to Colorado to run the flower enterprise. Gaylene is the day-to-day manager of Blooms Colorado, which also handles the market management for the northern Colorado floral community. As for variety, Bloom specializes in perennials, woodies, peonies, and dahlias with about five acres in production. Supplying designers who produce destination wedding florals is clearly their niche. Gretchen and I recorded a conversation in our virtual studio recently, so let's jump right in and meet her. At the end of the interview, I'll share two very short drone videos that Gretchen created for us they will give you a good idea of the prolific flower farm against the background of stunning high desert landscapes. Let's get started. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Slow Flower Show. I'm Deborah Prinzing. I am so delighted today to welcome Gretchen Langston of Blooms. And Gretchen and I have been trying to get this thing going for several months. So welcome, Gretchen. Thanks for joining me today. Thank you so much. It's an honor. Thank you. Oh, it's, I'm delighted. It's so great to have a new, a new story, a new face, a new farm to talk about um, here in the Slow Flowers world. And uh, we've never really met in person. We've just had an email correspondence and a social media correspondence. And uh, Colorado is a big state with lots of microclimates. So put yourself on the map for our uh, audience. Like, where are you based in—you're uh, not in the big city of Denver. I know that, right? Right, right.
0: Yeah, we are in northern Colorado, so up near the Wyoming border. So our area is um, not quite the plains; it's what's considered high desert
1: plains. Okay. Okay. So
0: it is um, very mountain plains, um, if you will. So we're very dry, and um, we get but we get great snowpack um, in the winter um, for some good precipitation to carry us through, um, and we have heavy clay soil and very rocky.
1: Wow. Wow. That's right. The snowpack is your source of of, of moisture pr- more than anything else, right? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yep. That's amazing. Yep. So tell me about your, um, your scale of, and now I've got lots of questions about how, mm-hmm. how you attack all these great challenges that many farmers <laughs> can relate to.
0: Yeah.
1: So we grow, I, we, we grow in two different
0: places. Um, at my property, which is where I am now. And we live on 40 acres. Wow. Um, We certainly are not growing 40 acres of flowers, but we probably have about five acres um, in production. And then we've got um, probably another eight acres um, that just have natural um, natives um, Mm -hmm. that we harvest from very often. Then we have another plot that's about 30 minutes directly east of us. And um, there we're doing... um, Really, all woodies. And um, we don't, I don't think we have any perennials there. Yeah, really, all woodies, all woody shrubs and foliage.
1: Wow. And that is so interesting because when you started sending me the list of all that you grew, I I felt like the ornamental woodies is a real deep category for blooms. And there's probably lots of reasons why. One is that they are happy where you've planted them, right?
0: Yes, yes, very much so. We it well, aside from the fact that I'm completely obsessed with foliage. And um my sister in law, we do this together, Gaylene, she has become obsessed with foliage as well. And um there's just such a great offering of really sexy um foliage with interesting shapes and colors and textures. And um so that's really where we've found mm. our love. It's certainly what we have the most of.
1: Yeah. Mm. Mm. And these are all, of course, uh, cold hardy, um, maybe low water demanding woodies. I mean, how mm-hmm. they they can survive the snowpack, but they um, do have to do a lot of supplemental irrigation. No, we don't. Once established, they
0: they do well on their own. They love it. Um, everything we grow, uh, we are choosing to grow the things that love it here in our climate and uh, get by just fine. Even make it great through dr- through de- uh, drought, and they. Um, you know, other than maybe in the first year when we really have to get them established, they really just um, take off after that. Yeah. So these are um, many that are native. So we have a lot of um, um, like three leaf sumac and choke cherry and hawthorn and um, things like that that just grow naturally on our property um, that we cut from. But what we cultivate here are things like nine bark, viburnum. Um, smoke bush, um, all those things, and just, just, just when you talk about those three things, the variety of what you can grow, yeah. and oh, it's amazing.
1: That's true. It's so interesting because I grow both nine bark, and well, I grow nine bark, smoke bush, and viburnum oh. in Seattle in zone, you know, eight b. But and yes, they we have more moisture, but we have very dry summers. And I think what you've described are these hardworking shrubs that have incredible diversity in foliage color and um that alone is why the the florists are so excited about it because people mm-hmm. there's sort of this you know use the word sexy this fascination with burgundy and copper and gold and lime and not just your garden variety green. And I just think about Ninebark and Smoke Bush alone, you're hitting all the you're checking all the boxes. Yeah. That's so interesting. And also, I just would imagine that um, you, it, it like, once they're established, it's less work for you, right? They're kind of a, a plug and play. Like, they, they don't require yeah. a lot of weeding or a lot of, I mean, you're, when you harvest, you're basically pruning, right? Exactly. And, you know, it, it ends up uh, being not a very beautiful plant
0: for landscaping. <laughs> I mean, it's your copist, right? And it's just bending yeah. like <laughs> all these shoots straight up. But the more we harvest, the better their form um, grows for us to just keep harvesting. So, um, yeah, we really love it. We don't, um, you know, we don't have to use the amount of um, fabric. Uh, You know, when we started out – we were every, we were all over the board. Weren't we all as flower farmers?
1: You want hire. one of everything, right? Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah.
0: And the amount of landscape fabric, the amount of just irrigation, all that goes um, for us with this. Um, and, and, you know, our schedules are busy. galen has got two little twins, and they are really involved in everything. Mine's about to leave for college, but um, you know, I do have a day job, so I'm busy with that. and, Um, We do have a very small. um, And when I say small, that would be like collectively one person. And sometimes of the year, maybe, maybe two people that help. Um, And they're able to just, um, they don't even work full time. And we can make it happen. We we have a lot of perennials as well. And those are things that do well here deep tap well, roots, that kind of thing.
1: I was going to ask you about that. So you've got the branches and the woodies as one big bucket of, of product. What are your other major uh, categories that you as uh, are known for, or you specialize or that you just like to grow?
0: Yeah. Well, there's my obsessions, right? And then there's the things that we're growing. <laughs> yeah. And hopefully they they're moneymakers. The <laughs> <laughs> well, thank goodness my obsessions align with what sells well. Um, but we do grow a lot of perennials, um, things that are native or just do really well in our habitat. So that would be uh, like uh, baptisia. We just have tons mm. of baptisia. We 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 grow a lot of peonies, and peonies love it here in Colorado. We get I just the right out. winter, and um, they're so long lived. They're they're don't have disease issues here with them. It's not good. I better not yeah, um, Right. Oriental poppies, which are just amazing. Not a long based life flower, but an unbelievable event flower. Um, tons of those. And then, you know, your things that, that don't mind the dry. So salvias and sedums and, um, things like that. And we, they just, there's so many varieties, um, Yeah, that every single time there's a new one, I must have it. And somehow we have a whole
1: new row. Oh, my God. Well, you sent me a bunch of uh, background on this. And I have to say, I did, like, get a little queasy when you talked about the fact that rattlesnakes do not like herbs. Therefore, you grow lots of herbs. And I was just thinking, what an occupational hazard to have to worry about. I mean, I'm worrying about things like squirrels and rabbits. Like, if you have to worry about rattlesnakes, what are you wearing like? Thick boots up to your knees and use a stick. And how do you do that? Yeah.
0: Well, I, you know, I would love to tell you that I am, um, that I never go out in open-toed shoes. Um, but that that would not be true. But you certainly are watching. I mean, we have this rule, you know, eyes always three feet ahead of you wow. when you're walking through the field. And it's, you know, it makes it sound, you know, a little bit like, you know, Indiana Jones, that they're just right. everywhere when you walk yeah. they're, they're not. Okay. But we will, you know, we will have seven seven to 15 encounters or something as a season, you know, depending Mm -hmm. on how how heavy the snake season is. And yeah, it's a little, it's a little harrowing, but they don't, we also have a sprayer, you know, that you would spray, you know, like a foliage fertilizer on plants. We have one that we always keep that has, um, we mix cinnamon and clove essential oils um, to just and with the water and we just shake it up and we'll just give um you know the the perimeter um maybe of of one of the field areas a spray if we're really going to be working in it they just don't they don't like the scent of those herbs and then
1: kind of like the herbs and the and those the clove and cinnamon all kind of um are a great protection and also natural protection right you're not having to use chemicals or bait or anything
0: yeah, we are not certified um organic. I, I wish I wish that was a, a bit more um you know manageable or Right. Or it's not affordable. easy for
1: flower farmers. Yeah. It's yeah, it's really tough, but we we
0: practice. we use only organic um practices. We spray absolutely nothing.
1: Yeah. And I didn't mean to obsess about that. I just <laughs> was like, wow, I think I've got it bad with a few little bunnies and boy, okay, you're you're <laughs> intrepid. Um wow, and then what is um and you said you also have some, lots of grasses, which is interesting. are they native grasses? Yeah, we have a lot of field grasses. I wish I could just throw out the
0: names for you, but honestly, I don't even know you know I know the ones that are bad when cheat yeah. grass comes, you know no one's selling cheat grass um, when that happens to get on the property we, we, we get rid of that. Um, but just just you know in, in 40 acres, um, you can imagine um, yeah
1: the, it's the all there for grass. you anyway.:
0: Oh, it's just a big field, but then we also plant. Um, a lot, miscanthus, penicetums, those are really what we love, like, you know, with the fluffy heads or yeah. the ones that mimic that, um, pampas grass look because you did, t- there's no growing pampas grass. Yeah.
1: In, the good in ones public. that aren't invasive. Right? <laughs> exactly. exactly. Well, and also <laughs> you mentioned, you mentioned things being good for event work. So I wanted to ask you like that, even the grasses you're choosing for the scale of what would fit in, um, you know, an altarpiece or maybe something that's a little bit more like an installation, or I suppose they make their way into bouquets as well.
0: Yes. I think people use them for, um, for a bit of everything, but there is just a, you know, I don't, well, I haven't lived anywhere else. So I'm, I'm saying this (laughs) as an, as an assumption, but um, there, you know, Colorado is such a destination wedding um, play in, in summer, summer weddings here in the mountains, you know, there's never, a huge chance of Renee in Colorado. So right, right. Um, tons of outdoor weddings. So they really are looking for things that look look beautiful and natural in the environment. Um, yeah. outdoors. And they're looking for things that of course will hold up well. And a lot of the wispy, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of wild um, kind of looks. So yeah, it's, yeah. it all, Sells well, and um, you know, doll. We we do a lot of dahlias as well. um, That's amazing every year, and so we we mostly are all ball dahlias. For that reason, they sell really well for installation work.
1: Wow. Well, you talk about your clients being, um, you know, in the wedding and event space, but is that what lured you into this? Like, let's back up a little bit and talk about your path to flowers. Like, how did you? fall down the rabbit hole. Like you said, you have a full-time day job. Mm-hmm. This is your side hustle, which seems like a second full-time job, but, um, <laughs> you know, I have busy, busy and competent women can do two things or more things than, than most others.
0: <laughs> yeah. So if I back up, um, you know, I was raised on a farm, a small farm in Missouri. Um, both my parents were teachers and we really, um, really, we just, the, the farm just sustained us, you know, but we, we grew our own food. My mom had a lovely garden and we baled hay and we, you know, so I, so I definitely had all kinds of animals. So, I, you know, I, I grew up in that world and yeah, I wouldn't you knew, say that, you knew I, that. That was familiar to you. It was familiar to me. Yeah. yeah. And I remember when we, when we moved out to this property, you know, we, I always thought, gosh, I just, you know, I'm never going to live in the middle of nowhere. I'm not going to do that to my kids. I'm going to live in a big city and I'm going to have my my big career. And then I did that. And then I wanted to be right back out in the country. And so when we moved out here, a lot of folks said, what are you, do you really have any idea what you're getting yourself into that that remote? And for me, you know, I was saying, oh yes, this is how I grew up and I'm ready to go back to that. So here we were um, out here. I, I have, um, I do have a full-time day job. It's a very demanding job and it, and I love it. I absolutely love it. And I'm not ready to leave it. Um, I'm pretty open with my team that I will retire early one day. I'm not working till I'm 65, but I don't want to, I'm very devoted to that mm-hmm. So, when I caught the flower farming bug, um, it's the same story so many people have. I'm sure I was reading, I can't even remember the ma- magazine, and there was an article about florette, um, and, you, you know, so many of us see that. And then it was, ironically, like two days later, I was looking through a different gardening magazine, and there was a story about Lisa Ziegler. It it felt like destiny. I'm just reading these these two articles a couple days apart, and, and, um, always knew that I didn't want to be in the kind of demanding job that I'm in now all the way up to age 65. I mean, I'm quite a ways right. from now, but I'm, um, but thought, well, what will, you know, what will I do? And I love being outdoors, love growing our food, food for our family. And boy, I saw that with flowers. I've always had an obsession with flowers and that's where it started. I don't have a horticulture wow. background.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: And I thought, you know, let me. Let me do some trialing. I have plenty of room, so I put in a small field. And 2016 was—I just spent um, trialing um, oh,
1: wow. all yeah. kinds
0: of Excellent. things. And by the end of that year, I knew, yep, this is it. But I'm not leaving my day job. And so now I have to talk my amazing sister, Gayleen. <laughs> She's my sister-in-law, my husband's sister, in who has never farmed, into moving from Atlanta, Georgia, to Colorado, so that she can run the farm.
1: Be your business partner.
0: Yes. Wow.
1: And here she is. She was,
0: you know, she was like, yes, I'm in. Um, She had a demanding job and I knew she was pretty done with that. So yeah, Gaylene runs it all day and we would not be here without... uh,
1: And I should say we did invite her to join you and she was going to, but now she's got a kids sports uh, distraction, which... Moms and women do too. So I'll catch her another time when I come visit, maybe. Um, Love to have you. Well, I'm trying to picture, okay, you you got this inspiration and you're, maybe the inspiration was, oh, this can be, this can be an enterprise. This can be an entrepreneurial outlet for me. It's not just a hobby. Like that was sort of in the back of your mind, right? About growing a small flower farm.
0: Yeah, I I immediately set to work. If you could see the amount of spreadsheets I built out and, you know, built the form. i I'm, I'm really just anal that way. And before you knew it, I had formulas built out for everything and had ordered every book I could get my hands on, which at the time I think were two. I think there were two flower
1: farming books. Yes.
0: Um, yeah, and and so I, I'm I came at it from a business standpoint,
1: and you had that corporate background where you you were already kind of probably deep into budgets and project management and, mm-hmm. and planning. So it just translated to what yeah. you wanted to do at your home. Yeah. Um, then, just out of curiosity, um, did you do raised beds or how did you prepare the soil? You said you had clay soil, so how how would that work? Was that uh, something you had to tackle? <laughs> Well, you know, my first, my, my year that I was
0: testing, we had already had the land we live on. We built our home. Um, We said, Mm -hmm. let's just, let's not wait. Let's kind of do our dream forever place. Just go ahead and build it. Now you step into this area that was for growing food. And we went to the mushroom farm in Boulder and we went to the, you know, some, some ranches around and got cured manure. And, um, and so we had perfect soil in there. Um, so that's where I really started the trial. So it kind of was a giant raised bed. We have mule deer. Like if I look out this window, I can see up on our Hill. I mean, it must be, I don't know, pushing 60 in the herd and they're just around. They go up the mountains in the summer because it's cooler for them. So thank goodness. That's, and that's when we grow. We're very seasonal. Um, so anything we do, we've got these eight foot tall fences. So that was a protected area. That's where I did the trials.
1: And and you had cut out there for a minute, so let me just clarify, 40 by 40 foot um, bed that originally you had prepared for food growing, and then you just, you're like, well, let's just start here with the flowers. Yep. Wow. That's where we
0: trialed everything. Brilliant. Think, maybe I've got, I got three um, to five of just a whole bunch of different kinds of things to see what worked, mm-hmm. you know, what was it going to fail um, but
1: what did people find out that you had flowers and ask you to design them you and you you just yeah. like well how hard can it be <laughs> Yeah I well not design they were DIY flowers for sure oh, you well, sold they, to the couples
0: Yes I mean okay.
1: yeah I can't remember well
0: my I'm in a book club and mm-hmm. I'm a, I'm an avid avid reader um and in my book club I told someone and then she told someone and told someone before I knew it three people <laughs> flowers for their wedding it's kind of organic and special uh way to start it so and
1: and also affirmation that there's a market there right because you're Mm -hmm. not in a you're not selling into a metropolis uh at least then you aren't
0: right right yeah so if um i don't know if you want me to talk a little bit about how we do sell really are our- I
1: do. That was gonna be my next question because it's it's one thing to tackle and succeed on, okay, I got it now, I know how to grow, but not everybody has the skill set to pivot over to selling. And it's you mm-hmm. it seems like it's sort of com- you are comfortable doing that.
0: We you know, thank goodness for GayLene. She okay. <laughs> from sales and event background in hospitality. And so she really um from from the business side, the numbers, you know, my academically business finance is, you know, what I am studied in. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone says it when you listen to flower podcasts or read farmers' books. Um you can grow all, you can grow everything in the world. Um if you don't have a place to sell it, you will never not only will you not make money, you will be losing money hand over fist. Yeah. So yeah. I know yeah. How to, I know how to manage money, but man, it was. That was much bigger than I had anticipated. So, while we did get some easy business in the beginning, it was not enough to be, you know, to sustain the farm. I mean, that took a ton of work. And the two key things we've done are start selling through the Colorado Flower Collective in Denver. And um, it's just an amazing group, Stephanie, who leads that. Um, And of course, they're pulling for that whole Denver metro area designers that are heading right up that ski corridor um, west on I-70 and just doing tons of um, destination weddings and yeah. big event stuff. Right. So then and um, and then we formed our own collective up north and we're much smaller. I, I love like it. Eight farms in our collective. But we oddly enough, we started I think a year before Stephanie started in Denver. So we've had our collective here for a while, and lovely designers who are up here actually uh, were the ones that had the idea. Can we meet and just talk about what we can do to get more local flowers? We all got together one night, and the next thing you knew, is I don't like to sit around, so you know we're we're all talking about it. It was a great idea, um, and I just said, "Well, let's do it. Like let's let's just let's start.
1: put a plan in action, right? <laughs> Why wait? So and that's the NoCo Flower Community, mm-hmm. um, Northern Colorado." flower community Yes, what you said you're selling in the region, but also into Southern Wyoming. Right. Because we are, well, our farm, the other farmers in the,
0: in the collective are, are all further South than us, but no one so far South as Denver. Um, we are all Northern Colorado farmers. We're the most North. Um, but yeah, it is only a 45 minute drive, um, to get from Cheyenne, um, down to our collective. Wow. Um, and then from Laramie, which is another great town, and that's pretty much it for Southern Wyoming towns. But you know, that's where it's happening. No one's going to drive from Casper or something for anyone, right? On. But
1: that's where the florists and in the southern part of that state are picking up a lot of clients. And where are they sourcing? Yeah. There's I think we have one sunflowers flowers member in the state of Wyoming, so uh, I feel very very encouraged that you're serving part of the state <laughs> oh
0: <laughs> yeah it's it's um I've looked for flower farms in Wyoming because we want to invite them to come, yeah. and be a part of our collective um but yeah, it's just not happening there it's well ha-
1: so so how yeah. did it work? You guys formed this, and then it was sort of like if we build it, they will come like this collective. Um, partnership or or it's just sort of a critical mass of about eight farms that was enough to sort of give you some some credibility I guess with the with the professional florists who'd been asking for local flowers.
0: Yes it's just all very busy um, for because we have some very award-winning designing um, uh, designers up here Um, and and so we 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 all got together and we just split up the work and we said, okay, you guys call these folks, you call these folks. And that's how it was for years. We would meet in, my husband has his own business and he has a warehouse and um, we used his warehouse. It was free. And every Wednesday we set up the market in the warehouse and we bought pre-orders and we got, you know, but, but designers were still. Going into each of our websites to place orders. So if I need forty bunches of white ball dahlias for for a big installation, let's say, or for an arch, I'm going into our farm site and then you know each of them trying to aggregate that. Um, I, like that's horrible. And so yeah. we finally last year just kind of came together for a group and and as a group and said, okay, if we're get, like we're getting really busy. We've got a lot more designers that come to us now. We're selling out every week. We need to bring more structure
1: to it. Yeah, and yeah, many yeah.
0: of us sell to the Colorado um, Collective as well. So we saw what a great job Stephanie was doing. And she's not a flower farmer, so her whole focus was on that. So we really saw how a market should be operated okay. and structure. And so, yeah, we asked if our wonderful farmer friends would trust us enough here at Blooms
1: um, to take on that. So you and Gaylene pretty much um, gave it a little bit more – well, pretty much, I don't know. You you gave it more structure and formalized that all sales are going through this one portal, which is really – it's really customer-focused because that's what the floor is probably – that was probably their one complaint. It's -hmm. just the time suck of having to go to five different or eight different websites. Yes. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if
0: we – Everything for us, I mean, I can absolutely guarantee you that managing the no-coat flower community market for Blooms, for our farm, will never be a money-making venture for us. <laughs> right. it is just, it's, it's just tough. And we really want to propel local flowers. And I think there's been so much great work, your organization, of course, um drivers in that, but so much good work happening around the country but I think we're behind in Colorado and um, Stephanie's work at the Colorado um, collective out of Denver has been amazing. And so that's really why we're doing it. And we can't do it unless we make it as easy as possible for the designers. And so that was what that structure was all about. We have to make it easy.
1: I keep going back to Jamie Rogers from um, Farm to Flores, Montana which is a kind of a privately owned collective um, they broker. Uh, uh, it's a started by a flower farm. They, they broker flowers for lots of farms. And Jamie said to me, we need the florists more than they need us. We have to make it easy for them, it, you know, depending on how they want to buy, how they want deliveries. And I think you're intuiting some of that same uh, sensibility, like, it's still relatively a new concept, so you know what are the other op- options for these florists? Are they getting boxes shipped in from San Francisco or L.A. or, or Denver? I know there's a big conventional wholesaler in Denver as well, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Yep, and that's that's what they're getting them. Um, uh, that that's mostly what folks are using, I
1: think. Mm-hmm. And
0: just like everywhere, we hear the stories because I think this just comes with using a, a, a wholesaler that you know 20% when we go up to steamboat <clears throat> and talk with uh designers up there um you know they've told us that um getting stuff shipped all the way up to steamboat cuz it's just such a haul um they just can count on that 25 to 30% of it it just is going to be
1: gone shrink yeah
0: Yeah. and wow. so yeah but that's that's what most of them are doing um otherwise yeah. you know you can go right down to the wholesaler but it's already shipped it's already made it,
1: and, it's already had um, a long journey. <laughs>
0: right. Uh
1: right. so do you have a cooler now at the warehouse? Or do you even need one? Well, at, at for the market? Is will... the market as the market at the warehouse on your property now or is it somewhere else? No, it's at a warehouse in town. Okay. Um where my husband's
0: business was and then okay. you know, wayside story, he ended up moving his business but the the lovely landlord who had his own warehouse next door was like, I'll oh, really miss seeing the flowers." Can you just sell them here? So now we use his warehouse. <laughs> okay. How nice. Permanent. We are getting a permanent place. So we are investing. Um, Blooms is going to buy um, property. A some kind of structure. Yep. And we'll put a warehouse structure on that and it'll be the market. And then we, we're we like, well, while while we're at it, we might as well. Um, I make it sound like it's easy. It's not in this market, but while we're at it, we might as well buy, put that. And, you know, why not get some more growing space right. and do away with our other lot that we use now? That-
1: oh, so smart. Oh, so you're <laughs> going to actually have a whole um, outpost with more growing and the warehouse and the collective. Uh, what about? That's what we like. That's what, what we're about, hoping. Yeah. What about like workshops and, and classes? Yep. And I mean, it, it, I could see it going in lots of directions.
0: Yeah, it's it's the possibilities are endless. And, you know, of all the lanes we've tried and we have tried so many, I mean, to get to where we are with this direct to to designer selling. Really, we're all wholesale. Um, But boy, we were in all kinds of farmers markets. We do have a grocery account. We love our grocery account. Um, We will keep that. I mean, it's a kind of another way of wholesaling, right? It is, yeah. Yeah. It certainly is a wholesale price we're getting <laughs> through the grocery account. Yeah. But, um, and it's such a great way, you know, there's nothing, this, we have, in the spirit in which it's tent, intended, take this, but we, our leftover flowers go there. And by that, yeah. I don't mean they've sat out in the warmth and no one bought them. I, I just mean, we have those times at the end of the week that are really those plug periods where you can harvest stuff. It's fresh. But you're not, it's too far away from when we need to get it to the collective. So we've arranged our delivery date to grocery right in that time period. So they're getting all beautiful and fresh.
1: And it's it's so smart. Yeah. So yeah, that means you basically have no waste and no shrink. You're just, everything has been spoken for through your your two main channels, well, three main channels, really, because you've got the Denver too.
0: Yeah, we we, we 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 love the grocery and we, we tried all these different things and, man, we uh, we figured out what we were
1: not good at. I think also considering the type of, of lifestyle you have right now, which is, you know, Monday through Friday, you're pretty much tied up with your job. You mm-hmm. can't afford to, you can't stand at a farmer's market all day. That time is precious to you. Yeah. But if you're growing and you can sell everything in one fell swoop, that becomes efficient. So therefore it becomes more profitable. Yes.
0: Yes. But, you know, I do love, you mentioned the workshops and, you know, we've done some in the past, but we've never had our own place to do them. And I think for workshops, that's what people love is the, is coming to your place. It's the whole experience. And we've just never been able to do that because we can't have folks to our place. Risk management is a big part of my day job, and so I'm always thinking about liability too. And we're—it's just our place is not the right place. But when right. Have this new one, um, man, I love. You know, in my day job, that the part of global training and my niche of the business is—that's a part of what I manage. And um, I just love uh, training and workshops. And
1: oh my I think, gosh, I would love it. Um, and just think about like that. the the complete sort of. R&R that you'd get going out to the mountains, you know, getting mm-hmm. out of the city, like the people who would want to come are looking for that, that classic Rocky mountain experience. Mm-hmm. And there probably, there's probably a lot of lodging in the area for, um, vacationers and, or retreats or whatever. And you're just going to offer something for those folks to do. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that would, I mean, that's the dream. It's, it's, um, you know, it gets so tricky in this market with real estate, um, and we can't have something where we go really remote again because, again, it's got to be easy for the designers. They That's have to true. be able to get to this quickly. So we know it needs to be, you know, just right off I-25 and there's okay. a limit to how far north we can go. So that we are on the we are very, very much on the hunt right now. Um, we may there's something we're looking at this week. So, yeah, fingers crossed.
1: So hopefully by 2024, that'll kind of be activated. Well, keep us posted. Yes. um I do have to ask you though, like getting product from are you just taking your product to Denver or is it all the no Co flowers going together down to denver like how how is that um is that just uh, an outlet for blooms um th- that's just for blooms okay. so
0: um we have some other amazing farms in our no co um um flower community in that mm-hmm. collective. That also are a part of the Colorado Flower Collective, but they take down on their own. Okay, um, we are too too st- completely standalone, separate. Yeah,
1: collective. yeah. And and that distance you said was like a four hour drive. It is four wow. hours
0: round trip for us to Oh, run. round
1: trip. That's okay. Two,
0: yeah, the, yeah. No, no, not one way. That's
1: how you listen to all the books on tape and podcasts, and <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, take, have- I take some calls during the day if I'm the one that we. you to go like once a week then how does that all happen
0: we drop off to the denver collective once a week um and then of course and then the no-co market we have once a week and right now for our northern market uh, they're both on the same day but the denver drop off you drop off the day before because she has a warehouse and a cooler um um, our market because we don't have our permanent place yet and we've just brought this new structure Um, we get up at the crack of dawn and go into that warehouse. Farmers start dropping off early and we are, you know, just moving through, checking pre-orders, sorting, and, and then it's only open for one hour. And in that hour, designers come, they pick up their pre-orders, which fill one whole side of the warehouse. And then we've got all the open shopping. Everyone brings their extras. Um, and then the designers, they just love to shop. They do a ton of extra
1: shopping. I think it's so smart because you can only pre-order so much when you have this candy store tempting you to save several hundred dollars in your back pocket for the the goodies. Uh, I love that. That makes me want to ask you also. Just I I, the notes you sent me were so just they just got me so interested in what you're capable of and in your growing zone. But you said that you're doing a lot of um, vines and you really love vines Mm -hmm. as sort of that's one of the things that designers want so badly and it's there's never enough of them so Mm -hmm. that's probably some of the stuff that people fight over (laughs)
0: yeah Yeah, it's I mean we just sell the snot out of clematis vine and no matter how gorgeous the flower and the flowers are absolutely gorgeous but it's just the it's the vine foliage that folks want and that Mm -hmm. that look that's so in right now in design work where you know that where they're just draping from the chandelier and they're you know, they're saying it doesn't matter if it wilts. You know, we've we've got it hanging down, and gravity's just you know it's gonna it's gonna look good. No It'll get through the it. event, <laughs> right? And the big yeah. floating things. You know, we had a designer last fall just buy tons of tumbleweed from us because they there's that it's kind of a new kind of western look that very tum. It was a huge tumbleweed, and so yeah, like, we, we we literally it- ran around <laughs> going to have tumbleweeds just because that that weed that makes the tumbleweed is growing all through our fields so we're running through and grabbing it you know it's so loose and so easy to grab that's how that's how the wind just takes them out and, and they become right. tumbleweeds so we're just pulling them off the field
1: grabbing you know to take yeah. up a lot of space it takes many runs to get a whole bunch of tumbleweed and just, it's got and just that- uh, we've been calling it the Yellowstone look like because maybe because the TV show is so popular yeah um but you know there's other shows on on and movies and and all that are kind of popularizing that um like it's not it's not like rustic uh primitive it's got an aesthetic to it that's actually kind of modern looking when you are using something that's like straight and back to what you said about straight from nature it really reflects place and that's the other reason why your, your yeah. product is so beautiful I love it well you. will you share some photos I know you're gonna send me some photos of your crops and um, hopefully the collective or if I know a warehouse with flowers isn't that sexy but send me what you can we'd love okay. to show it um, yeah. and um, make sure, I'll make sure people know how to find and follow you. And um, what else do you have cooking for this year? Anything? Or is, are you kind of, your cup runneth over? I think you're kind of at capacity right now.
0: I, I think we are. Really, this year is about building our the Northern um, Collective, just really reaching out and getting into some new areas that folks that can't get to Denver and building that. That's what this year so is.
1: Smart. Mm-hmm. So our smart. So smart. Our product mix
0: we're really, really happy with, even though we still have about you know, like 4,000 new shrubs going in because I can't help myself, but it's, um, it's so fun. We can't wait to see what the year brings.
1: Ah, Gretchen, thank you so much. This has been wonderful. Um, I've really been looking forward to this and I just feel like I've got a little vacation in my mind to Northern Colorado, which I haven't been to since I was a kid. So Come on I'm what's like- the closest city that people would fly into? Um, Denver and then drive up. Okay. (laughs) I can do that.
0: And Fort (laughs) Collins is the, which if you've never been to Fort Collins, what an amazing, amazing little town. Voted best place to live in in America a number of years ago. Just a great town. That's the closest like big town.
1: if you Market. Yeah. Yeah. Where's your grocery store that you sell to? Right in Fort Collins. Okay, great. All right. Sounds good. Um, Thank you so much, Gretchen. Anything else I didn't ask you that you want to add? I think we hit on it. you covered. <laughs> you covered
0: my nose. You see my anal nature, right? It's, like,
1: it's nice to have notes. notes. <laughs> 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 okay, well, we will be sure to share um, all of Gretchen and Bloom's uh, social places. And of course, uh, how you can find out about the collective in our show notes at slowflowerspodcast.com. And uh, we have some bonus uh, video that uh, Gretchen's going to send me that I can add on as a post kind of a post clip to this. So uh, stay tuned and that'll be next. Thanks so much, Gretchen. Thank you. It's been an honor. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed it. much for joining us today. Gretchen has also shared lots of flower photos and I've included a gallery of those juicy varieties in our show notes at slowflowerspodcast.com for episode 610. You can also catch the replay video there. Our next sponsor thank you goes to Cal Flowers, the leading floral trade association in California, providing valuable transportation and other benefits to flower growers and the entire floral supply chain in California and 48 other states. The association is a leader in bringing fresh cut flowers to the U.S. market and in promoting the benefits of flowers to new generations of American consumers. You can learn more at cafgs.org. In this week's news, I have two items to share. First up, in partnership with Bloom Imprint, Slow Flowers has just released the spring 2023 issue of our e-zine Slow Flowers Journal. This issue is free to Slow Flowers members, so if you're an active member, look for the link to our celebrations issue in your inbox. We sent it a few days ago. Or you can check out our show notes for episode 610 to find a link to preview and purchase this issue. It's packed with inspiring content and a focus on slow weddings, non-traditional boutonnieres, and more people, flowers, and stories about our Slow Flowers movement. Next up, you're also invited to join the Slow Flowers virtual member meetup for May. It takes place this Friday, May 19th, 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern on Zoom. Some of you may remember we pushed it out a week because of Mother's Day. Our focus is the upcoming Slow Flowers Summit, and we've invited two of our keynote speakers to join us. You'll meet Lenny Larkin and Amy Ballsters. They'll join us to share a sneak peek of their upcoming presentations and answer your questions about floral design and flower farming. Lenny Larkin owns B-Side Farm, and she will be presenting at the Slow flowers Summit on the flower dollar, knowing the true cost of your flowers and designs. And Amy Ballsters is the floral coach, and she'll present at the summit a demonstration on building a better bouquet. For this week, pre-registration is required, so find the link in today's show notes for episode 610, and check out our link tree menu at Slow Flower Society on Instagram. You can find the registration link there as well. I uh, hope to see you Friday. Our final thank you goes to Storic Cold, creators of the revolutionary CoolBot, a popular solution for flower farmers, studio florists, and farmer florists. You can save thousands when you build your own walk in cooler with the Coolbot system and an air conditioner. If you don't have time to build your own, they also have turnkey units available. Learn more at storeitcold.com. Thanks so much for joining me today. The Slow Flowers Podcast is a member supported endeavor downloaded more than 1 million times by listeners like you. Thank you for listening, commenting, and sharing. It means so much. As our movement gains more supporters and more passionate participants who believe in the importance of our domestic cut flower industry, the momentum is contagious. I know you feel it too. If you're new to our weekly show or our long running podcast, check out all of our resources at Slowflowersociety.com. I'm Deborah Prinzing, host and producer of The Slow Flowers Show and The Slow Flowers Podcast. The Slow Flowers Podcast is engineered and edited by Andrew Brenlund. The content and opinions expressed here are either mine alone or those of my guests alone, independent of any podcast sponsor or other person, company, or organization. Next week, you're invited to join me in putting more Slow Flowers on the table, one stem, one vase at a time. Thanks so much for joining us today, and I'll see you next week.